We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good everybody, welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas. At Nick Dayas 10 is where you can find me. Veteransminimum.com is where you can find all things Veterans Minimum. My guest joining me, a double. Alan, what up? Oh man, very good, very good time to be here just because obviously with Christmas, but also you look at this playoff race right now. Things are heating up, particularly with the AFC. Like, you know, we got some heavyweight potential matchups, we got some teams on the rise. Can't believe the Jaguars are relevant. Like, there's a lot of good stuff happening in the AFC right now. I keep getting hits on Instagram from the video we put out of the AFC West being the best division of all time. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take the big L on that one. Hey, we had every reason to be excited about that, too. Like, don't get denied it. It just did not work out. Well, that was the whole context of that clip and that entire segment was at the time we were recording and obviously things play out differently, but you had four teams that the longest shot were the Raiders at 35 to one to win the Super Bowl. They had the tightest division odds. Knowing what we know now, it's not the case, but Russell Wilson going there, you were probably looking at what four of the top 15 quarterbacks in the league. And a lot of star power on both sides of the ball for both teams. And the Raiders are starting to, they're playing a lot better. And they still have a little bit of a chance to make the playoffs. Denver has been a a nightmare. And then you got the Chargers and the Chiefs, obviously, who are playing well. And they seem to be in the playoff picture. But it was just funny to see the hits coming back. And it's like, yo, yeah. this, this you still feel this way? It's like, no, obviously. No shit, I don't, I don't yeah. feel that way. This was four months ago. I got to ask, though, like, considering how much you invested in them, you know, both financially and emotionally, what is your overall viewpoint of the charge at this point? Because they're kind of on a good winning streak, and there's reasons to be optimistic. If it wasn't for me being invested in them in the summer, this would be a team I would buy low on right now from an odds perspective. I think they're getting a lot of players back. Slater is even, there's some rumblings. I was talking to Shasta Steven from Guilty as Charged 
one of the podcasters here at Blue Wire, they cover the Chargers. And I reached out to him and I said, dude, I'm seeing some people on Twitter saying that this might be possible. And he knows the Chargers. He's my Chargers guy whenever I need anything for the Chargers. Right. And he's like, it doesn't seem like JC Jackson is going to come back this year. He might even miss a lot of next season too. That's how bad that injury was for him. But Slater- And he's a total liability while on the field. Yeah, yeah. And Slater yeah. is slated to come back week 18 and maybe in that first round, which is going to be awesome. Nice. And like, yo, look, man, they haven't had Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I think they've only played three games together this year, four with, with last week. About that. Yeah. So, dude, you take away the top How two wide receivers. Bosa. Yeah, Bosa also yeah. is going to be inserted back. Yeah. But, dude, you take away the two best wide receivers on any team, what would Burrow and the Bengals look like without Higgins and Chase? It's, it's Six wins. Right, it's noticeable. So, yeah. I just think that Herbert is the kind of guy who I'll I'll take him anywhere. Like he could go on the road, hostile environment. If it turns into a shootout, that's the kind of game that he wants to play. But also like, yo, I still think the coaches, no matter what happens this year, unless they miraculously win the Super Bowl, I think he's out. I think you got to bring some Wow, so you think Staley's clearly out? Yeah, I think the potential of Sean Payton that's been floated around. I, I mentioned it on the pod of like many months ago because yes, he was yes. he was out in L.A. with Fox and they were talking about Herbert. And you just saw like he was bricked up in his face just talking about Justin Herbert. And he has family that I think his daughters go to UCLA or USC somewhere in the, mm -hmm. in the L.A. market. So it, it's like a perfect pairing, dude. And he took the year okay. off. I think that's a match made in heaven. Sean Payton being the head coach of the Chargers, but I know we got a little sidetracked there. I, f I, feel, I feel like I'm going to get my heart broken again by them, uh, but I do like that the talent, they're getting healthier now when it really matters because you look at some other teams, they're getting banged up now. Like the Ravens just lost Duvernay, who is becoming a big part of their offense, as weird as that sounds. He's now going to be out for the rest of the year. And it's like, dude, they're so snake bit, Baltimore. It's crazy what's been happening to them, Alan. Every year with Baltimore, at least it feels like, just because like we saw last year, no team got hit worse than them. But at the same time, it's just we've been we've been kind of like the Packers for like three years now. We're like, when are they gonna get a receiver? When can they invest? If anything, they've lost receiving talent given they trade away Hollywood Brown in the offseason. So now it's just they're so limited. And you watch Greg Roman, like I think the Chargers and the Ravens are like competing as like the worst coached offense in the league. Like it is infuriating watching these teams play. You know, they've they're so dependent on their billions of their quarterbacks. And obviously they have some start power on both sides with between Chargers and Ravens. But just coaching wise, Lombardi, Roman, no more, please. Enough. I asked a question to the members of the Patreon. Give me a list of your top five teams right now as we start to get closer to the playoffs. And I'm going to read you just a couple of the top fives that they've put together. And then I'll let you give me what you think your top five are. Johnny Laser 82 said Buffalo, Philly, Kansas City, Minnesota, and the Bengals. Mark K. Cool. Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Eagles, Bengals. And then he said Vikings are frauds. Rune said Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Bengals, 49ers. No show Thomas has Bills, Niners, Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals. Now, Alan, it seems like the teams are 
pretty much the same throughout all of that. Who would you say is in your top five? Yeah, I agree. All those teams are accurate. Uh, Vikings, absolutely not. Um, if I had to go top five, I'm going to go Eagles, Bills, 49ers, Bengals, Chiefs. And I'm such a, I love it, what the Chiefs have done over the past five, six years, but it's hard to be overly optimistic about them right now, given their defense. Like, I am just shocked. I know Spagnuolo in the playoffs turns it up, but there's a clear lack of personnel. And I don't think you could get away with that, given how good the AFC is. I got three AFC teams, two NFC teams. I got it. Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals, 49ers, and Buffalo. Dude, I've been complaining about Buffalo for a couple months now. I think there are some flaws that get exposed week in, week out, despite them winning. They are overly reliant on Josh Allen. And you see that when he doesn't have it, bro, it looks bad. And they can't move the ball. They can't really run the ball much unless it's him running it also. Yeah, Singletary pops off every now and then, but it's not consistent enough. Or on the flip side, if you look at Kansas City, I think they're very interesting because over the last couple of weeks, it seems like they found a running game between Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, which shouts to to Jarek McKinnon too, man. Like that dude had an ACL and then an Achilles, I think it was, or he blew out both his knees, Allen, in back-to-back years when he signed with the Niners. Yeah. Remember he went there from Minnesota. But it seems like Kansas City is developing a running game, which, you know, it's the old cliche of, January football, February football, you want to be able to run the ball. And I think Kansas City is starting to do that. And they also have Mahomes, who's the favorite right now for MVP. We'll get to him in a little bit. But do you have the same concerns with Buffalo that I do, or am I by myself? You're making a very strong case about Kansas City. I will say that. And I do love how you mentioned them having a running game because I think it's something that's been lacking for the past few years. Like, Pacheco is just violent. Like, he reminds you a lot of Devontae Freeman. Like, prime Devontae Freeman just barge into fools. Like, he's, he just brings that physical element. Then McKinn, he's just, he's so elusive, especially on screens. Like, to me, there isn't a better team in the league that knows how to utilize screens better than the Chiefs. So, I, I think I'm totally with you with the Chiefs on those points. You make the excellent job. As for Buffalo, I could see it. I think you're under Sunday defense, though. I know they just lost Von Miller for the year, but I would still say the Bills are top five defense that you could depend on. What about Cincinnati? I mean, there's a lot to like there. Very well coached defensively. We know how dangerous they are offensively. All lines coming together. I think Samaji Pirai, you want to talk about bringing physical elements to the running game. His emergence is something. We know they like depending on him as a pass blocker and on third downs. But if he could at least give some uh, time for mixing the rest, I think you're adding just another dangerous element to an offense that is already a powerhouse. So there's a lot to like with Cincinnati. I think it just... If there's any concerns, it's just, you know, Zach Taylor. Can we just situational awareness, play calling, just please get it down, Zach Taylor, because, you know, we've seen it too many times in the past year where Zach Taylor kind of just botches it, particularly when it comes to short yard situations. And, dude, they got your boy at D.C. That's your guy. I mean, who doesn't love Lou Amaruna, man? What a story. <laughs> Stan Allen's finest. It's like Pete Davidson, Lou Amaruno. Oh, Wu-Tang, Pete uh, Davidson, Bro, Lou I was about to jump through that monitor <laughs> if you I'm didn't mention the Wu. Come on now. It's <laughs> Wednesday also. <laughs> Anything out of Staten Island, the number one draft pick is Wu-Tang. And then from there, we can have the conversation about everywhere else. But I'm glad that you stopped okay. yourself. But yeah, dude, like yeah, it yeah. is a great story. And 
they're one of the most dominant teams now for a while in the second half, right? As well as San Francisco, another team who they have the best defense in the NFL. They have so many skill position players that could do damage. And if they had Jimmy G, bro, I would probably say that they're my favorite to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if I still can get behind Brock Purdy. In the end of the day, this is a third-string quarterback, and I'm very hesitant to crown them as the team to be in the NFC. Very understandable, because at some point, you, your quarterback's going to hit some throws. Like, can he actually make those downfield throws when it's third nine yeah. in the third quarter? Like, yeah, that, that's the issue. Because, look, we, we love Shannon. We love the playmakers. Like, you could scheme things up, but it's going to come a point, and we've seen with Garoppolo in past years. Like, you have to make some throws, and... Yeah, that's where the hesitancy lies. Like, how's Brock Purdy going to handle that 630 game in Philadelphia? These are real concerns. Can you show me down four in the fourth quarter, third and eight? Are you picking up that Mm -hmm. first down, Brock? Like, it's all all cool when you have a two, three touchdown lead and you're able to do the stuff that you're able to do with your offense. But what happens when you fall down 10? Like, you know, I always like to judge quarterbacks based on how do they play when they're trailing? Can they bring you back? We haven't seen it yet because every situation he's been in, they haven't, they haven't needed to abandon whatever game plan Shanahan put together to protect him because there's a reason mm-hmm. why he was Mr. Irrelevant and there's a reason why he was a third-string quarterback and why some of the odds shifted heavily when Jimmy G went down. So their defense is unbelievable, though, dude. You know Nick Bosa... Nick Bosa has actually leapfrogged Michael Parsons, who for the first 12 weeks of the year, we were just saying, yo, it's already just put Micah, Micah P on defensive player of the <laughs> year. But, yeah. but yo, Nick Bosa now has leapfrogged him. Now it's, he's minus 110 plus 100, essentially a coin flip still, but he's a big reason why their defense is so elite. Yeah, I was a little concerned because I think I remember Richard Sherman talking about this. When your defense is so stacked that you don't get the same amount of like credence when it comes to awards. Like he talked about how Bobby Wagner should have won a defensive player of the year at some point, but because he played on a defense filled with superstars, they never gave him the award that he likely deserved. So I wonder if they're going to like not punish Nick Bosa, but are they not going to give him the same amount of significance because he plays for the number one defense filled with playmakers across the board with a defensive coordinator that is absolutely going to get a whole coaching job next year. I mean, yeah, he's been rumored to be a head coach for a while now, but he strikes me as someone where like, like McDaniel, right? He was there for a minute and he started to get some buzz, but they had some unfinished business. And I think this year is going to be the last year that he's there because he's set to, to become a head coach as well. But yo, Nick Bosa, 15 and a half sacks, dude. And there's a guy who blew out his yeah. knee not too long ago, too. That year, it's two years removed now. And they do say that when you do come back from an Achilles or an ACL, it does take about 18 months for you to fully get it out of your mind also. And you could just run wild. I think Adrian Peterson really threw everyone off because dude tore his ACL in like January 6th and then ran for 2,000 yards. Like, all right, this guy's also a freak of nature, bro. Like, he is one of a kind kind of running back and how he took care of himself. I do. Want- I hope Arizona doesn't do that with Kyler. By the way, I hope they don't rush him back just because they view Adrian Pearson like, like Adrian Pearson's his own specimen. The, the, the don't use that as a timetable. Bro, I think it was the dudes from uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, the Ryan and Sean. They were they put out a clip of how 
this is so shitty to say, but how perfect timing it was that Kyla got hurt because like Call of Duty just dropped. And now it's like oh, for man. the next nine months, he could just rehab and play COD. Oh, <laughs> like, bro. Kyler's had Kyler got the bag Kyler got the bag but he's also had a lot of criticism come his way the last like six months ever since he got the contract it's been heavily scrutinized and it's pretty much been warranted like if you're associated with Arizona Cardinals just be prepared for criticism unless you're J.J. Watt J.J. Watt can't do no wrong but besides that that organization is just so damaged at this point like even as a fan if someone's a fan of them just distance yourself for a bit We'll get to Philly as one of the five teams. We didn't really touch on them much, but we'll talk to them, talk about them in just a second when we talk about the Cowboys and, and Eagles game. Let's play a little fantasy booking, right? To use the wrestling term. Fantasy book, some potential matchups. Is there one right now, as you look at the landscape of the playoffs, that you would want to see as a playoff matchup, Alan? Well, Given the wild card, we like you looking at all the teams because it's it's so it's like it's we don't know who's really going to make it because they could be like five different teams. But if there's a wild card team that stands out. It has to be Miami, just given the firepower they have. Like Miami's must see TV. So if we do, like I would love to see that rematch between Miami and Cincinnati. I think it's a lot of unfinished business there. It was a Thursday night game. We know the scary injury that happened to Tua. Bengals were still in a weird place offensively. Like Burrow was getting hit like every other snap and like. Uh, Chase wasn't really part of the offense as much. Like it was, just, it was two teams that weren't hitting their stride yet. Now, even though Miami's struggling a bit, I think they know their identity, and we know for sure since Dang knows their identity. So I just think these two teams hitting their peak wild card weekend. Oh my god, that's like the most phenomenal matchup. I think first team to thirty wins. Although I know Big Lou Anarumo, he's going to do everything to frustrate Tua. So I think just think stylistically and just the amount of star talent on both sides. That's the matchup I think everyone wants to see. Damn, dude. I wanted to pick a Bengals matchup also because they're so fun to watch. And Joe Burrow is that dude, bro. Like, he's just... nothing. No pressure gets to him. He seems to have everything under control. I want to see Chargers-Bengals. We got to see it in a regular season game last year. But it was a really wacky game. And it was right before the Bengals really started to get hot. But you have Burrow versus Herbert. I think that would be awesome. Two offenses that could put up 30 on anybody. And then you obviously have a better defense in Cincinnati, but the Chargers potentially getting Bosa back, that'll change the dynamic of their team because Mac has been playing pretty well. Derwin James, when he is healthy and he's out there, is such a difference maker for them. So I think that matchup would be cool. I was thinking about one that would be so gut-wrenching for Vikings fans. They have this magical season where... Uh, based on their schedule, bro, they're probably going to get to 13 wins. Dude, imagine if they got to play Green Bay in the first round and then it's just a vintage Rodgers and they get bounced in that game. See, I was thinking about them, but I was looking at it from a Detroit standpoint. Like, imagine they lose to Dan Campbell. I think that might even be worse. Like, imagine them losing a playoff against the Lions. Damn. Because I'm thinking about, like, in division where Green Bay, he's really dominated them. I just can't see Green Bay making the playoffs, and they got to play Miami next. Uh, I just realistically, I can't look at. While well, you look at Detroit's schedule, ooh, it's a, it's appealing. Yeah, damn, bro, you should have seen. I, I, I do like the storyline. I do like the storyline. You should have seen the odds prior to Green Bay winning on Monday Night Football. 
they have they're a six to one underdog to make the playoffs. And I'm not gonna get crazy. This is full D Gen that I'm gonna mention. And that's why I'm mentioning it also because that matchup of Green Bay, Minnesota is one that I think would be favorable for Green Bay to advance. But yo, Christian Watson has become such a big part of their offense. And he's finally becoming the guy that they drafted. And I think that they might, yo, I don't know, man. I have a gut feeling they make the playoffs and then they play Minnesota in the first round. And you know, no Vikings fan is going to be confident in that one. Because I think Green Bay, it's just the, the history of Rodgers versus that division. One of the reasons why he's been able to be so dominant in that division is because up until like Kirk Cousins got there, all the quarterbacks have just been a nightmare or the team has been a nightmare. But yo, it would be hilarious. The Vikings have this magical season where they're 10 and 0 in one score games. They play my New York Giants this weekend. But it's like, yo, they're they're having this magical season, the crazy comeback. And then in the first round, you got to play that dude who's ran shit for two <laughs> decades. You know, there's going to be some fans, bro. I would, if I was a Vikings fan, I'd be like, oh my God, we have this great season. And this SOB is in the building now. That's what I'm saying. You get like like, a, re- a, a real top seed. Like, yeah. I, I, I can't remember too many times in life Minnesota got top seed, but it's just, look, Green Bay's got a lot of work to do. They don't have to, they lost a tiebreaker with the Giants. They lost a tiebreaker with the Commanders. Uh, Detroit as well. Like, they, they pretty much have to win out and probably need some help along the way. Yeah, Green Bay is not in the most ideal situation where they don't control their own destiny like my Giants do, which is dope. Like, Giants, you went out, you make the playoffs. You could afford to lose a, one game, but you are going to be doing some scoreboard watching where if you just win out, the Chargers, that they just went out, they make the playoffs. We always talk about this. That's the best case scenario. Where if you're the Packers, you need to win. You need Seattle to lose. You need the Lions to lose, maybe. You need Washington to fall out. But you just look at some of the schedule. It's it's interesting. That's all I'm saying, bro. I'm just saying it's a little interesting. And it Watson, is, it is, it is. And now with Watson, like I think Watson has stepped in and he's become pretty legit for that offense. And he he's getting targets on third downs, which it was basically just Lazard or a swing pass at a running back for the most part. But the last couple of weeks, you've seen him emerge a little bit. MVP. Who's your MVP right now? Still going Mahomes. Like, look, Hurts has been great, but I just think Mahomes, you see what he does for Kansas City, he elevates them. Uh, I'm not saying Hurts doesn't elevate Philly. I just think body of work-wise, I'm still leaning Mahomes. So right now, Mahomes is the favorite at minus 250. That actually flip-flopped Allen Monday morning when the announcement came out that Jalen Hurts is hurt and he might miss this week. Because Hurts, Monday morning, early on, he was the favorite. And then with the news, they made Mahomes the favorite because of the potential injury. So you got Mahomes at minus 250. You got Hurts at plus 350. Then you have Josh Allen and Joe Burrow at 9-1. to And then the next closest is 150-1. to It's Tua and Justin Jefferson, which is pretty cool to see a wide receiver. I mean, but it's still 150-1. Wow. to one. That, yeah. But yeah, so like it's not really, even though he's the sixth name mentioned, it's like, yeah, it's, that shit's not going to happen. However. Well deserved. Yeah, no, nah, he's having a monster season. But yo, if, if Cooper Cup didn't win it last year, he, he's not yeah. going to win it. Like a wide receiver is never going to win it. So to me, bro, I think the MVP is Mahomes as well. And 
the MVP award in all sports. Also, just awards in general have become very narrative media-based. And one of the reasons why I picked Mahomes in the preseason to be the MVP was because, oh, they lost Tyreek Hill. Kansas City's not going to make the playoffs. Kansas City's not going to do this. Mahomes is not going to be as productive. It's like, dude is just lighting up the league as if nothing happened. And then also Tyreek Hill, I don't know if you saw him on social media. He had a career high in uh, in yardage this season as well. So it's like, it's a trade that really helped out both parties. The only other guy that I think would be interesting, bro, is Joe Burrow. Exactly, yeah. Nine to one, right? They got the Patriots this week. They are on a six-game winning streak. They're 19 and three against the spread, Allen, in their last 22 games, meaning if you just bet $100, well, 110 if you're laying the juice, on all of their games, their last 22 games, you'd be up $1,500 on just betting Bengals games. That's how dominant he is against the spread. And we talked about them getting healthier now, now that Chase came back, Mixon came back. And to look ahead, Buffalo and Cincinnati play next week. That potentially could be for the one seed. And if one of them get the one seed over Kansas City, I think there's a strong case to be made for those guys. And to me, I would lead towards Burrow because he did lose Chase for a little bit and he just kept everything afloat for Cincinnati. Yeah, he's been so efficient. Like, so I think Burrow was a time he was struggling interceptions for a bit, but now he just seems to be in complete control. Like you mentioned earlier, like you can't rattle him. Like I'll never forget what was that Kansas City game it was like a third and 11. He just took like a pretty rough sack and he just throws Threads Neil to T.J. Higgins, uh, T.J. Higgins, T. Higgins, uh, the, like in-breaking route, and it was just one of those defining moments. It's like, wow, Mahomes isn't getting the ball back. Bengals won. They took their offense. Like, no, you're not getting the ball back. This is our win. And just one of those moments, you're just like, wow, Joe Burrow, so composed. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for Burrow. I, I, I'm hoping. I think the reason why he might not be getting the the fanfare right now is just because it was an ugly start to season and. Look, we're, touch, we're harsh uh, evaluators. If you have a two or three rough game stretch like Josh Allen, they're going to knock you down a couple pegs. So, you know, I think Burrow is capable of hopefully overcoming that. But I think the reason why he's a little bit down right now is just September was an ugly month for Cincinnati. He has 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That game, bro. Interceptions are still a lot high. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, I thought it, it was lower. It is. I mean, Allen also, he has 11 in toes. And uh, Mahomes oh, has 11 in tow. So it seems like, dude, these guys are also throwing the ball 40 times a game. Yeah. Right? Like, they're going to throw picks. Yeah, the centerpiece their offense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yo, uh, the worst, worst award ever given out, I'll die on this hill, bro, is when RG3 won Rookie of the Year over Andrew Luck. And the oh, case for it, I always bitch and moan about this. Yeah, because also I lost money on that. So that's why I'll never forget it. <laughs> However... They knocked Andrew Luck. So a decade ago. Yeah. They, they knocked Andrew Luck for throwing more interceptions when he threw the ball 300 more times. It's like, yeah, no shit. He threw more picks. It wasn't even that by that many. It was like seven more intos he threw. Oh, I get fired up. Uh, I miss Andrew Luck, man. I miss Andrew Luck. What could have been, Alan? Andrew Luck. What could have been? Yo, Eagles and Cowboys, before we wrap up. Game of the week. Uh, even though Jalen Hurts, his status is up in the air. Last week, I was concerned for both of these teams. I actually picked against them um, from a spread purpose because I felt like both of these teams were looking ahead to this game. Yeah, Micah Parsons was on podcasts talking about Jalen Hurts isn't the MVP. It's the team around them that's good. 
you had Eagles players talking about Dak Prescott and and the Cowboys. And now you have this matchup here, which is going to dictate a lot of things in the NFC. Potentially, the Cowboys could still win this division. A lot of things need, need to happen. But I think Philly clinches the division with this win if they get it. Right now, they're a five-and-a-half-point underdog going into Dallas. Gardner Minshew, a guy who has started in the past. I think Minshew, Allen, for a game or two? Cool. You don't want him to be your starter. How do you feel about this game on, is this Saturday, right? Saturday, Saturday, yeah, 425. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to mention Philly, Philly also clinches home field if they win this. Ooh. So, which will put them in a weird spot. It's like, how many weeks of rest do you want? Like, I don't think they'll rest, but like, you know, you're not playing much meaningful football for quite a period of time if they win on Saturday. So, wow. Good I mean, call. they've been that good. Yeah, they've been that good. Uh, I think this is a phenomenal matchup, though. I just, especially defensively, like both these teams up front, like, I hope Dak whether it's Hurts or Minshew, they're ready to play under pressure because both these teams bring heat. I think the Eagles have four players with nine or more sacks this season, and it's not even end of the year yet. I don't think any team in NFL history has that much between Hassan Reddick, uh, Josh Sweat. Uh, you also, of course, old man Fletcher Cox still doing his thing. Javon Hargrave's a beast. You know, Robert Quinn hasn't done much, but he's still a threat. Like, they just have so many pieces up front. And then with Dallas, you kind of already know what it is between Parsons, Lawrence, Dante Fowler having a rejuvenated year. Like, it's just these teams physically, like, I think that's where the matchup is really exciting in the trenches because both teams have very good old lines as well, especially with Tyron Smith now back. So I think who wins in the trenches is likely going to win this game because I think now we've seen it because it looks like Hurts isn't going to play. Like, Minshew, I think Minshew is good enough to ride it around. Like, mm -hmm. he's someone, they have the supporting cast. Uh, I'm not too concerned if Minshew plays, but I'm getting a bit concerned, even though I think it, it's been the criticism has been a little over the top. It's still not ideal seeing Dak turn the ball over this much because it's just a player of his caliber. You can't be turning the ball over multiple times a game, especially now with games of this magnitude. Dude, since he came back from injury, he leads the league in interceptions. It's been a problem. It's Absolutely. Been a, it's been a problem for him. And, and look, they don't exactly have the best talent at the skill position players, but they got a reliable tight end. They have CeeDee Lamb. They got the running backs out the backfield. and they got the ground game. So it's it's a little concerning. I'll tell you this. I'm going to be pissed if the Eagles win this game because we're not going to be recording next week. <laughs> and I want to come on and take the victory lap because I want Gardner Minshew to start so bad. And then I'm still going to back Philly. I have Philly plus six in my contest. I can see that line going up to like seven, seven and a half, Allen. Everyone's going to be hammering the Cowboys. And it just has like 28-13 Philly, a pick six by wow. Dak. <laughs> like I see them just dude. Listen, Dallas, it's we know, we know the we know the story with them. Anytime it's a big spot, anytime it's a big game, they crumble. And I don't want to say last week was a big game, it was a bigger game for the Jaguars. But how many times do we need to be fooled by the Cowboys? I've been talking about this for like two months now. And I think Philly, I think Philly's the better team. Obviously, their record yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. But they have enough that they can move the ball on Philly. They got weapons now, too. So it's not like Minshew's stepping into a shitty situation. Like, they got a lot of weapons on this team. Getting Goddard back as well. Dallas G. Yep. Yep. That's yeah. going to be a big point because also— like a top five to end this year. And lastly, when he stepped in last year, too, Dallas Goddard was going off in some of those games with Gardner Minshew as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to this one. 
the the storylines leaving this game, if it goes south for Dallas, are going to be unbelievable. And that's what I think happens, man. I'm leaning towards Philly still winning this game. Yeah, I'm going to go Philly. I do want to get Dallas credit, though. You talk big games. They whooped Minnesota in a pretty high-profile game. Like, it wasn't even a contest. I know, look, we could talk all we want about Minnesota, but I was still impressive on the road. Okay, that's fair. You saved yourself a little bit because I was going to say, like, you can't you can't bash Minnesota and then praise Dallas for beating them. But you, but that game was over by the third quarter. Like it was still a real convincing win. So yeah, it was a. Ball. And I think they're, I think they're coming off the Buffalo win. I believe. Right. I think that was right after Minnesota beat Buffalo, which was game of the year. So look, I'm still a firm believer in Dallas's talent. Like I still think they're. You don't want to write them off yet, but it's just the lack of firepower offensively is what really concerns me. And the defense is still prone to allowing big plays. And look, Philly to me, skill position wise, I think besides. Since they might have the best skill position players in the league and you have the best offensive line. So I'm not too concerned about the quarterback drop off. I think Philly, they're, they're just so well balanced. Like they've built a powerhouse and I do expect them to win this game. Alan, it's been fun. It's been a pleasure as always, as we wrap up the 2022 year, thank you for your time and coming on the show. We'll be in touch for some projects as we move into the next year. But I appreciate your time, man. And thanks for coming on the show. And uh, as always, man. let the people know where they can find you. Uh, Alan Stark, that's A-L-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. If you want to read about Desmond Ritter mania, we are fully covered for the next three weeks. Very disappointing start. You look rattled in the Superdome, but look a lot of quarterbacks look rattled in the Superdome. So, I'm going to just see where it's going. I've been wanting this for like two months now, so I got to take this game by game. If you're listening to the show, leave a rating, a review. Tag us on social that you're listening to the show. We'll repost it, and we will catch you guys next time on VM. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.